Hey guys, this is Trish from A Horrible Podcast. And this is Aiden. And today we'll be talking about the story of Joe Metheny, a serial killer and cannibal from Maryland. Trigger warnings, this is a, a cannibal, so... Yes, this is, um, we're going to be talking about some cannibalism, some murder. Yeah, if you, you want to back out now, go ahead. Unquote or quote is it quote unquote before I say the quote? I think it's quote and then unquote. end quote, right? Unquote, yeah. Okay, quote opening. <laughs> <laughs> Metheny said in his confession, "My murder rampage started out as revenge, but ended up as a passion for the taste of blood and the overwhelming sense of power one gets for taking the life of another." Okay. End quote. taking it to the beginning the details of joe metheny's early years are inconsistent when i was researching it just all clashed so i couldn't really say how his early childhood went but this is the facts at least i did find about him so he was born joseph roy metheny on march 2nd 1953 so he's my birthday twin (laughs) in baltimore maryland pisces (laughs) Pisces. <laughs> Twinsies. <laughs> According to his attorneys, he was neglected as a child. His father was an alcoholic who was killed in an auto accident when he was six years old. And his mother, Jean Metheny, neglected him and his five siblings by working double shifts to provide a home. I don't like the fact that he said that his mother neglected him. She was busting her ass. Yeah. Got fucking six kids to take care of and your husband died? Yeah. I'd be working all the time, too. Yeah, that's not really... I don't see how that could be. Yeah, but this is according to his attorneys, of course. So this is his that is story. And according to Metheny, his parents often sent him to live with other families in foster-like arrangements. He also claimed that his mother was dead, but she wasn't. Mm -hmm. What? What? Yeah, so, like, he would tell people that his mother wasn't alive. And, um, so, obviously, they don't have a great relationship. Okay. So, his mother did admit that they were a poor family. She worked numerous jobs, including as a waitress, a barmaid, and even a food truck driver. Oh. Yeah. What type of food truck? I don't know. I hope it was good. I don't know if it was a food truck or a truck driver for a food company. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It just said food truck driver. So I was like, okay. (laughs) What about a street taco she got? (laughs) (laughs) According to her, the children lived a normal family life and never went hungry. She also denied her son's claims that he had been sent to live with other families. I feel like if she's working so much, it may not have been... They're probably babysitters. Like, neighbors trying to help out, like, watch the kids, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, that seems a lot more reasonable than neglect. He was just, like, an angry little boy, I'm guessing. Yeah. Joe's mother described him as a good boy, kind, well-mannered, and even a even an above average student. He was smart and had a good childhood. If he was neglected, it was his own fault. (laughs) (laughs) Blame the child. 
Her words, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> Metheny joined the United States Army when he turned 19 in 1973. According to him, he served a tour in Vietnam, and that's where he became addicted to heroin while in the artillery unit. His His mother reported that he served in Germany and she had no recollection of him spending any time in Vietnam. I was in Nam. President Richard Nixon signed the Paris Peace Accords and ordered the withdrawal of U.S. forces from Vietnam in 1973. The odds that Metheny spent any any time in Vietnam are slim because he joined in 1973. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. my dad was part of Vietnam and never, never went to Vietnam. So no, he was in Hawaii. What the fuck? As stated by his mother, Metheny rarely contacted her after he joined the army. She said, he just kept drifting further and further away. I think the worst thing that ever happened to him was drugs. It's a sad, sad story. End I quote. can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drugs really do. Affect people. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, his time in the army wasn't great, you know? Mm-hmm. I know when my dad was stationed in Germany, he told me he almost got stabbed by a fellow soldier. It was like a racial... It's a race... It was a racial thing, but... Yeah. Nah, so I guess bad things happen everywhere. I don't know. Yeah. No matter where you're stationed. I feel like bad things happen in the military in general. Oh, yeah, thing. it seems like it. Over the years, he and Jean Metheny grew more distant. And by the time Joe was arrested, they hadn't spoken for over a decade. By 1990, Metheny had become an imposing figure. He was a large man weighing over 350 pounds and standing at six six foot one tall. Ironically, he was known as Tiny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cute name. Yeah, it is. He spent his time in bars and living among the homeless in makeshift camps in South Baltimore. He held a steady job as a forklift driver and squandered away his money on crack, cocaine, heroin, and liquor. Better watch out, he's gonna steal your girl. <laughs> he's forklift certified. Yeah. <laughs> Those who knew him described him as intelligent, well-spoken, and very well-mannered. By 1994, Metheny was working as a truck driver. He had a six-year-old son with his girlfriend, whom he lived with in Baltimore. Being a trucker, he was away from home for long periods of time, so when he returned home one day and found his girlfriend and their son missing, he was furious. Just as he did, his girlfriend had a drug problem. With her gone, he immediately assumed that she had left him for another man, choosing to live on the streets with him. Enraged, he went searching for her, scouring halfway houses, homeless camps, and then came to a bridge where he knew she used to not only buy, but also do the drugs. She was not there, but two homeless men were, Randall Brewer and Randy Picker. He questioned the men, believing they knew his girl friend and where she was. They denied knowing anything, but that wasn't good enough. Metheny had brought an axe with him on his search and attacked the men in rage, killing them both. He tossed their bodies into the Patapsco River. Did you just say they potassed? Patapsco. Patapsco River. It was. Immediately afterward, Metheny allegedly noticed a fisherman. Fisherman. (laughs) I feel like I'm trying to say my words like phonetically correct, like the news people do. Fisherman. (laughs) Oh, okay. 
<laughs> Immediately afterward, Metheny allegedly noticed a fisherman. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> a man who was fishing. <laughs> fisherman. <laughs> fisherman. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. Immediately afterward, Metheny allegedly noticed a fisherman. <laughs> Stop it! I can't say it anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> also just his name. Because <laughs> he's a drug addict and his name is Metheny. You know. Like under the influence, which <laughs> <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> it's the morning time. You know? uh, We're not dead yet. <laughs> Immediately afterward, Metheny allegedly noticed a fisherman nearby. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> I tried to read it fast so you wouldn't hear it. <laughs> you want me to leave real quick? <laughs> <sighs> no, because you need to hear it. <laughs> Take 20. <laughs> okay. Immediately afterward, Metheny allegedly noticed a fisherman nearby who could have seen what he had done. Just in case he had, Metheny killed him too. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> All witnesses gone. Poor fisherman. I know. Which is fucking fishing. <laughs> I know. What if he didn't see? It's minding his own business. Police found Randall Brewer and Randy Piker's bodies on August 2nd, 1995. Metheny was ultimately arrested for the murders of Brewer and Piker. Joe was denied bail, so he sat in Baltimore County Jail for a year and a half, awaiting trial. However, when his case finally went to trial in the summer of 1996, the jury found him not guilty due to lack of evidence. I don't know. Again, it's like same with sex workers and homeless people. Like, I feel like it's not taken seriously. Yeah. You know? He did have some closure about his son's whereabouts, saying, quote, I found out about six months later she had moved on to the other side of town with some asshole that had her out selling her ass for drugs. They got busted for drugs and they took my son away from them for child neglect and child abuse, end quote. He must, he must have been bad. Because she, like, she'd rather live across town selling ass, you know? Yeah. I mean, but, again, it never said if he was, like, abusive towards her or just, I don't know, maybe, you know, they're on drugs. So yeah. no one's in the right mind. Yeah, not making the best decisions. <laughs> yeah. He had secured himself a job working as a forklift driver and even moved into a trailer near his work. Shortly after being released, Metheny murdered two sex workers when they failed to provide him with information on his missing girlfriend. This time, however, he had a better idea for disposing of the bodies. Instead of tossing them in the river, Metheny brought the bodies back home. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> went back to the house. 
That's where he dismembered them and stored the meatiest parts of them in Tupperware containers. What didn't fit in his freezer, he buried in a truck lot owned by the pallet company he worked for. He lured 39-year-old Catherine Ann Magaziner back into his trailer where he strangled her. She was buried in a shallow grave on the site where he worked. Six months later, he returned to her gravesite, dug her up, and reportedly had sex with her corpse before removing her head and chopping it in the trash. Gross. Six months of decomp. Also, a shallow grave at work, is he the only one that's working there? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. And her body went undiscovered for two years. Oh my god. In November 1996, he lured 23-year-old Kimberly Lynn Spicer, a heroin addict and single mother, to his trailer with the promise of drugs. He proceeded to stab her to death. He dismembered her and discarded parts of her under some wooden pallets at his work. And shockingly, no one noticed. What the fuck? Yeah, I I don't get it. Like all I'm imagining is literally a stack of pallets. Yeah. And you just have a body underneath. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you not smell it? At least, you know. I've never smelt a dead body, but I hear it's not fun. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not gonna be a Febreze. No. (laughs) (laughs) The thing I could probably. I've never smelled a dead body, but what I imagine it to be is like years ago, I had gone grocery shopping, and this was when um, I had my little Nissan Sentra, so my trunk, you know, like a car trunk. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I thought I had brought all the groceries in, and I had this, you know, when they have those tiny HEB bags where they just stick one thing in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they had stuck like a small package of pork chops in there, and like oh. I didn't grab it, and there was a smell in my car. For like months, and I couldn't figure out what it was. Yeah, so that pork chop thing was like, you know, how it's like tucked under like the little lining of the trunk or whatever. Yeah, it was under there, and like by the time I pulled it out, it was like green. Yeah, it was nasty. (laughs) Nasty. So over the next several weekends, he mixed the sex worker's flesh with beef and pork, forming it into neat little patties. He would sell these meat patties out of a small barbecue stand he opened on the side of the road. His customers would all consume bits of human flesh. They became unsuspecting hiding spots for the bodies of Methany's victims. What, the people's bodies? (laughs) Yeah. We'll never know. And whenever he needed more quote-unquote special meat, Methany would simply venture out and find another sex worker or vagabond. He later told police that he received no complaints on the meat tasting funny. In fact, no one seemed to notice that his burgers had a little something extra in them. So maybe it makes you think twice about those uh, little side-of-the-road stands. Yes, dude, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. While on trial, Methany admitted, quote, I cut up the meat and put it in some Tupperware bowls, then put it in the freezer. I opened up a little open pit beef stand. I had real roast beef and pork sandwiches. They were really good. <laughs> the human body taste was very similar to pork. If you mix it together, no one can tell the difference. So the next time you're riding down the road and you happen to see an open pit beef stand that you've never seen before, make sure you think about this story before you take a bite of that sandwich end quote he said that he said that (laughs) just a fucking asshole like what the hell and i love little tiny like oh they're the best that's crazy because you would never know yeah 
Like that sunny episode. (laughs) (laughs) We got monkey. (laughs) Oh, that's my favorite line. On December 9th, 1996, he lured Rita Kempner into his trailer on the premise of sharing drugs. He wanted to have sex with her, but she refused. Though she tried to run away, he chased her down, beat her, and dragged her back. He attempted to rape her and told her he would kill and bury her in the woods with the other girls, but Rita refused to become a victim. She managed to escape through a window and over an eight-foot-tall chain-link fence, and she went straight to the police. Good for her. Yeah. With one victim having escaped, he knew he had to fully dispose of the body of Kimberly Spicer. A week after her escape, Metheny called a friend and asked for help hiding Kimberly's body. His friend immediately called the police and they arrested Joe Metheny on December 15, 1996 and charged with murder. Some friend. He wasted no time confessing to the kidnapping and several other murders, including three other prostitutes along Washington Boulevard in Baltimore. How many did he kill that he, like, fed to people? Or did he not never, like, clarify that? So he wasted no time confessing to the kidnapping and several other murders, including three other prostitutes along Washington Boulevard in Baltimore. He claims a body count of about 13 victims. Metheny first confessed to assaulting and murdering two unknown sex workers the same night he killed the homeless men, Brewer and Piker. He then confessed about the fisherman near the bridge where he committed the four murders and used a metal pipe to kill him. He claimed he dumped the bodies into the river and placed rocks on top of them so they wouldn't float to the surface. However, the bodies of the fishermen and the two sex workers were never found. He led the police to a shallow grave where he had buried Kathy Ann Magaziner. Much of the skull was missing, but they were able to identify Magaziner from Denver records. Police said that he had chosen young white sex workers who were addicted to heroin and cocaine. During his police confession, Metheny said he enjoyed killing and wouldn't apologize to his victims' families because the apology would be a lie. At least he's fucking honest, I guess. He went on to explain that God knew all about what he did and he was quite happy to be judged by him as well as by an actual judge in court of law. So this dude is just a cocky... He's so arrogant. Yeah. Yeah. He just has... You don't care. No, not at all. He don't care. He was tried in 1997 in the Kemper case and was given a sentence of 50 years for kidnapping and attempted sexual assault. He was acquitted of attempting to murder her, though. He was sentenced to death in 1998 for the murder of Spicer. At the end of his sentence hearing, he said that he committed murders because he, quote, enjoyed it and he, quote, got a rush out of it. And, quote, had no real excuse why I, other than I like to do it, end quote. So he was just a fucking killer. Yeah, just wanted to do it just to do it. That's actually really scary. It It is, because I feel like a lot of cases you'll see, they try to make up every fucking excuse, mm-hmm. point fingers, my childhood sucked, yeah. you know, this like guy. Kind of like sexual sadist, too. Yeah. And this guy's just like, no, I just like killing Pretty much. Never once said, because I feel like he's so honest, he would have said anything and everything he did mm-hmm. to the bodies. And other than that one weird fucking rape mm-hmm. of the six month decomposed body. Yeah. You know? That's just weird, man. Mm-hmm. Also, how do you have that idea? You just like <laughs> kill someone, you're like, oh, well, I don't want to put them in the river, might as well feed them to people. I think just to like not get caught as fast mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? 
<laughs> so yeah, in August of 1998, he pleaded guilty to murdering and robbing Magaziner, and prosecutors sought the death penalty in that case. He received life in prison. He received a death sentence for the murder of Kimberly Spicer, like I said earlier. But it was later overturned on July 24, 2000, and reduced to life without parole. Why was it overturned? I couldn't really find a definite answer for that. I'm not sure <laughs> if it's, like, lack of evidence mm-hmm. or what, but the justice system is a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> he was also indicted on murder charges relating to the death of 28-year-old Tony Lynn Ingracia, but the charge was dropped due to the lack of evidence. And that's also another sex worker he ground up. So, Joe Metheny was found dead in his prison cell at the Western Correctional Institution in Cumberland, Maryland on August 5th, 2017, at the age of 63. Did someone kill him or he just died? He died. Yeah. He was found dead. Yeah. And if you've been listening closely, Joe went on a murder spree in the span of five months since he was released after killing Brewer and Piker, their... That homeless was only men. Five months? Mm-hmm. So he's very much like a spree killer, mm-hmm. too. So yeah, and that's that's the story of Mr. Fucking Meat. Mr. Meat, which is also Mr. Meat is a video game where it is inspired on Joe Metheny because it looks like him, and um, it's a you're like trapped. It's a survival game where you're like trapped in a house with him and you have to escape. There's also this other game. I don't know if it was like inspired by him, but it just reminded me of it. It's called Bonnie's Bakery. Uh huh. And it's like super cute. And whenever you first play it, it's like, oh, this is such a cute little game, right? You're really hustling, making those donuts. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, <laughs> making those donuts. And then out of nowhere, and she's like the only human, and all the little customers are like, like pandas and bears uh-huh. and like cute little characters and uh at the end of your shift she tells you to get something out the cellar or whatever and you get knocked out and you wake up and there's a fucking panda with no legs just like on the ground it's like hey you get out if you can escape but then you have to escape bonnie who's trying to kill you and feed her, feed you to all her customers so her little meat sandwiches were like the little characters <gasps> oh yeah. my god it was all, it's all, like, pink and cute and everything. It's so stupid. I kind of want to play that. That sounds fun. It's terrifying. That sounds fun. Bonnie's Bakery. It is Bonnie's Bakery. Yeah, so if you enjoyed this episode, you can always um, support us by donating to our Patreon. And we got cute little stickers oh, yes. that um, when you join our Patreon, we'll send you one. Yes, they're and, so um, adorable. They're very cute. anything else to add to this oh for suggestions or you just want to contact us for anything you can hit us up on facebook instagram at a horrible podcast or what else we got uh if you have any stories you want us to want to tell us or anything you can email us at a podcast at gmail.com if you like this episode and wanted to contribute but didn't want to spend any funds hit the like button and give us five stars and yeah we hope to see you guys next week yep awesome we'll see you next time Bye. bye